Hi, I'm Peggy, the amputee mommy. And I'm Dave, the bionic blogger. This is Ant, the podcast for people with limb loss. Hey, Dave, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. The uh, summer days are behind us, and we have cold air, and we've had our wood stove going all weekend long, and I've been making bread and cookies, and I'm loving the change in season. Yes, I know it's cold when I start to wear a hat indoors. Okay. <laughs> That's when it's cold. So it's it's good. Do you like winter? I know you don't like summer, so... I, I love winter. I'm okay. fine with winter. I'm fine with snow. I'm fine with all the things that most people with limb loss would probably say, oh, why would you be... Why would you love that? But I really like the cold weather. Okay. Yeah, you know, I... I love all seasons. I really do. I love the change of seasons. Um, now, you know, middle of, of March, when we're still dealing with snowfall and ice, I will probably be selling something different. But right now, I love nothing more than, you know, curling up by the fireplace and drinking hot chocolate and watching Polar Express on a never-ending loop with my toddler and all good stuff. You don't, you don't waste any time getting into this Christmas thing, do you? I don't. I, You know, we have a countdown to Christmas clock that I bought many, many years ago. And it starts counting down from 99 days. And I have it down. And I have it on the calendar. The I think it's the second week in September it comes out. And it starts counting down from 99 days. And it's game on at that point. You need to talk to my daughter. She's got one on her phone and she keeps basically from October 1 forward, she starts reminding me how far away Christmas is. Yep. It's great. And I have all kinds of blowups in my front yard. And apparently one of the neighbors finds my Christmas spirit offensive because I also have a, a Santa Claus that counts down from 99 days. So that goes out with the blow up pumpkins when I put that out. And she doesn't know it, but I have a whole little army of blow-ups in my garage. So every time I hear that she complains, I'm putting up another blow-up. So by the end of the season, my yard will be filled. (laughs) Tis the season. (laughs) Making friends wherever you go. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Happy holidays. That's right. I will be like uh, Griswold in Christmas vacation. Yes, that is my goal. Well, we have, you know, there are always a few houses in in my neck of the woods that just, you know, really go all out for for Christmas. And look, I mean, there are a few houses about fifteen minutes from me, small, not you know, nothing fancy in terms of the homes themselves, very small, limited property, and every square inch of their front lawns on either side of the walk and the houses themselves are just decked out. I cannot imagine what the electric bill looks like. I love that. I love that. Yeah, we so this is the first year we have one of those laser light shows up. Oh, so we did you that as well. That so we have a we have a ten foot turkey, a ten foot snowman, and an eight and a half foot Santa out right now. Well, so and the laser light show. So <laughs> as long as as long as it makes you and the kids and your husband happy. Makes me oh Scott doesn't care. It makes me so happy. It, now what That's Scott good. does care about is the fact that we have vaulted ceilings and I've decided this year I want a Christmas tree that goes all the way up to the top. Which means that he will be schlepping it in from the woods and setting it up and then, you know, basically throwing it out the sliding glass door down the stairs into the woods again. So he's not too happy also, about that. But 
also means he's going to be on a 10-foot ladder trying to put something on the top of the tree. No, we we don't even bother with that. We- <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Everything else gets done, but we don't put something on top no, of the no, tree? No, no. Well, no, because I want the, the Christmas tree to touch the top. So I'll just throw a whole crap ton of net lights on it all over it. And then we don't do ornaments because I have a toddler and we have two cats. So I just put lights everywhere. Oh, yeah. Well, I have cats. It's not that bad. You put all of the soft stuff, you put all of the non-breakable stuff low, and then the, the stuff that can be knocked down goes higher up. Yeah. No, I'm not doing that. We're just we're going right. to cover it with lights, and then we have it. I'm good with that. I don't really have All of mine are really nice glass ones, and I would just be heartsick if the kids broke them. So, you know, in 15 years when they're all, you know, relatively trustworthy, I'll bring them back out again. We used to have so usually though before okay. Timmy we used to decorate the, as long the as you tree have a plan. and those apple cinnamon ornaments that Robbie and I would make every year. But now that we have Timmy who's allergic to apples and cinnamon, we can't do that anymore either. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. So we'll just do a light show. Well, Make the sucks. house bright enough for Santa to see. But that is not the topic of this conversation, although it kind of All relates right. a little bit. So um, today we are going to talk about winter. No. Yes? <laughs> so. Yes. It does. It, well, presents, it presents certain, certain challenges, challenges for everybody, those of us but with it can definitely. I know my limbs. first winter as an amputee uh, was particularly angst-ridden because I wasn't quite sure of balance and how to do things. And you actually lost your limb in the middle of winter. So your first real winter was probably after a full year of being an amputee almost. But it's scary. No, I actually, one of my good friends dragged me out onto a golf course in the middle of February, two months after I'd lost my leg in the snow and we played snow in the golf in the snow. I did not know you were a golfer. So I sort of just dove in and tried to figure it out. I know you're not a bowler and I know that from the newsletter. I'm not. (laughs) Ampedpod.com slash subscribe if you don't get the newsletter. But anyway, I digress. So today what we're going to do is we're going to alternate. We each came up with our top five list of things that tips and and hacks and kind of tricks for surviving the winter and the cold months. So we're just going to kind of alternate back and forth and give our top 10 tricks and tips for winter. All right. So number 10 is mine. And uh, the first thing, which will seem rather obvious after I say it, is choose winter footwear carefully. And by that, I mean, in particular, look for stuff that has soft and really grippy soles and treads on on them. So you want boots or shoes um, for, uh, you know, getting big boots can sometimes be difficult to get on and off. So maybe like ankle height, uh, which are easier to manage with a good shoehorn. But getting something that really does have a soft rubber tread and one that's got um, real grip to it makes a big, big difference. Um, I, I can attest to this because I've I've tried wearing all kinds of shoes and there have been times when I've had to go out wearing dress shoes in the winter and it's not 
not nearly as much fun and, and, and very difficult to do without killing yourself. So get shoes that have good treads and soft, uh, soft rubber in the soles so that when so you're walking, uh, it feels somewhat cushioned because otherwise it kind of throws off your whole gait. Because I have such a struggle trying to get the boot over top of, of my foot shell. And it just frustrates me to no end. So I will actually wear a boot on my biological foot and just keep the sneaker on my other foot. So oftentimes in the winter, my shoes don't match if, if I'm doing outdoor activities, but I really don't care. Huh. I never thought about that. I always go with, I have a few different boots, but I typically go about ankle high and then um, if I'm out, like when we've gotten big, big snow, sometimes my my sons who each wear like they're a 10, 10 and a half, they're two sizes bigger than I am, their feet. So I'll sometimes steal their boots if I have to go out and shovel or something in really high snow. Um, but then I'm wearing shoes that are way too big, but I'm just shoveling. I'm not really walking around. So um, the, the most important thing is get something that you know does have some grip on snow on uh, to the extent that anything has grip on ice. It has some grip on ice and that's comfortable because the harder the soles, as most, most of you lower extremity amputees know, the harder the soles on your shoes, the more when the heel hits the ground, it throws your knee actually into flexion. Um, it, it causes your knee to collapse a bit and you, yep. you want to be having so as normal and as stable a pattern as possible than safety Because my limb gets painfully cold when I'm, I've come in from being outside sledding or whatever, um, just circulation issues, my limb gets like ice cold. It actually, you know, it, it hurts. It's so cold. So I found that I have some friends who knit and they've actually made me cozies, big socks that I can put over my limb. Um, if I can't find those, I'll just use some old tube socks that I've stretched out and put those over top of my limb after I take my leg and my liner off. And it just, it really makes it more comfortable for me. So very large tube tube socks or stump cozies. But, you know, when, when it's really cold out, you need to keep it warm. I don't. Do you? Do you have an analog for above knee amputees? Okay. We're not. No, I don't. I've never had that problem, actually. But that's largely because if I'm outside in the winter, I'm almost always walking. So I tend to be heating up. Um, I don't spend hours outside with my kids sledding, as an example, which is a pretty passive activity. If you have an above knee amputation and you have a great comfort, how to keep your limb warm when you're relaxing tip, let us know and we'll share it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, number eight. Um, I, I'm back to to walking and gait and all of that stuff. And this is really, it is a gait training tip for when you walk outside. So when you're outside in the winter, there's snow on the ground, there's ice on the ground. Key thing is rather than walk like you normally do, uh, and, and most of us tend to take a much longer step with our prosthetic side than our sound side, meaning that our prosthetic foot actually hits the ground further in front of us than our sound side. Um you got to bring your steps back in underneath you. You got to get your feet underneath you, take shorter steps, 
more steps when you're walking in in slippery conditions. If you keep your feet under you, it's less likely Tip. that they're just going to slide so dramatically out and away. So we're back to comfort with me. So, so apparently I'm, see, I'm sensing a little bit of a theme I didn't pick up on before, Dave, is you're all about safety. And I'm all about kind of just relaxing and feeling good. <laughs> Neither of us did. So mine is, if you know that you're going to be going outside and spending time sledding or skiing or having snowball fights or, or shoveling, um, and you know that your limb is going to get cold as mine does, I found that if I buy those hand warmers and activate it, shake it around a little bit, and then throw it in the bottom of my socket, and then, you know, I put my my liner on and then put my leg in my socket. Um, it stays nice and warm and they stay activated for me. And I still have the barrier of the liner between the hand warmer and my skin because you don't want to put the hand warmer directly on your skin. So I do wear the liner obviously. So put the, activate the hand warmer, throw it in the bottom of your socket and then put on your leg like normal. I do. I leave it in the bottom of the socket. Now, are you saying you actually leave it in the bottom of the socket or you pull it out? Okay, so um, if you have, if you're someone well, who's using a pin system, side, that would not be viable, right? They're thin. Yeah, I mean, they're, yeah. They, you can get it, them. In I guess it's a question of how I thick buy them these on hand Amazon warmers by are, the case. and therefore how much. But okay, you know, you it works for me. Okay. No, I'm thinking when I think of these hand warmers, I'm thinking of like the kind of like the bags that you no, can No, these are these are you ones that you throw in like they, gloves they or mittens activate when you're the heat. Go they're really bulky, play but you're talking about something events, different. That sort of thing. So they're pretty flat. They're about the the thickness of maybe like an alcohol, you know, the alcohol swabs that you get okay. when that makes the sense. doctors open up before they give you a shot and things like that. They're about that thickness. Okay. And obviously in the winter, um, you know, the, people's uh, limb volume tends to decrease because it's cold and generally not that humid outside. So um, mm -hmm. if you're, especially if your leg was made in the summer, you've probably got a little bit of extra space in the winter that you might not have had otherwise. All right. Number six. Yeah. And back to, right back to safety. And this is something I've never done, but I was thinking about it and, and I did some research on it and consider using trekking poles. If you're going to go and have to walk a bit outside um, and you're concerned about your safety, um, crutches obviously can slide all over the place, but trekking poles, which are basically, they're hiking poles with like a ski pole tip to them at the, at the end that hits the ground are a great way to try to maintain uh, stability by making yourself sort of uh, a four-poled creature. Um, and these are these are different than walking poles. If you go and and look online and you just if you googled Nordic walking poles, you'll get walking poles which are actually totally different than trekking poles. Um, and the cool thing about trekking poles, from what I can see, is especially the the better ones are collapsible uh, because they're actually designed for people who hike a lot, and so they're supposed to just be able to collapse and attach to a backpack really easily, not taking up any space. Uh, they're relatively lightweight. And they do get great grab on the ground. So if your feet are going out from under you, um, but you've got a pole in the ground, you may be, may be able to give yourself a little bit of extra time to catch yourself. And, and you said, you know, Peggy, you, you see, well, there's a trend here, obviously, and there is. And 
I guess one of the reasons that I get very fixated about this is I know how easy it is for patients to stop right. doing anything outside, for people with limb loss and difference to stop doing anything outside during the winter. And I know from seeing some data from a friend of mine who's a researcher, and the, the research he was doing had nothing to do with the seasonal differences in walking. But it turned out that when he was running his studies um, in, and they fell during the winter months versus the summer months, they got completely different results, which in retrospect was totally explainable by the fact that in the winter it was cold, the weather was worse, people didn't want to be outside, and therefore they just walked a lot less. And obviously, we want people to be out and about interacting with the world um, as much as possible. So anything you can Absolutely. do to, to get yourself out there yeah. and moving safely I'd during like the winter is something I'm really in favor point. of. Um, so mine is, is back to kind of comfort and feeling good. And um, I wear a lot of lounge pants and lounging pajamas in the winter. Uh, I love when it starts getting dark early and I have an excuse to get in my pajamas and hibernate in front of the fireplace. Um, but it annoyed me that the bottom of my pajama pants was getting tangled after I took off my leg to go to bed and I would get, you know, it would, it would get caught and tangled underneath my other limb and just very uncomfortable. So I've actually just started taking scissors and I cut the one pajama pant short, uh, to accommodate for my prosthesis. So my leg shows when I'm walking through the house, but I don't care. Because when I go to bed, I'm much more comfortable sleeping. So you could also tie it off if you want to. Um, so cut or tie off your pajama legs. That's my tip. Yeah, I'm a tie off guy. But you pointed out the major drawback of that being that then you either have to unknot the pant leg every time you wear your prosthesis with pajamas or you can't wear your prosthesis with pajamas if there's a knot in the pants closing them off. And that's actually the, the latter is actually my MO. Like I just never wear pajama pants with a prosthesis. Never. I just wear my regular clothes until it's time to go to bed. Then I put on the pajama pants, which are tied off for exactly the reason you said. It's really a pain in the neck when it's frustrating. It is. And then it wakes you up and pant then leg it, is getting caught under you, know, you twisted I around didn't you and cut it's it off pulling your and then yeah, my body sucks. was laying on top of it and I tried to roll, then sometimes it would hit a nerve bundle and wake me up in the most unpleasant fashion. So there you go. Yeah, it's good advice. I like that one. All right, number four. Um, this one's going to sound completely counterintuitive, but I learned it the hard way actually last year. So if you've got a driveway and you've got to clear that driveway when it snows, don't necessarily shovel it all the way down to the pavement. And the reason for that is it can actually create black ice patches all over the place. Um, so I have a paved driveway and I shoveled it last, you know, I, we, we had a few storms last winter, shovel it down, get down to the pavement. And what happens during the day, the sun beats down on the black blacktop and it starts to melt and you got this water running everywhere. And then at night when the sun goes down, it freezes up real fast. And so all of a sudden you've got these just sheets of ice across the driveway. Um, really hard to see black ice and 
pretty dangerous. And so the next time it snowed, I took it down to probably just like like a hard pack. Like if you've ever been to a ski area, what the parking lots are, always used to be like, at least at ski areas where there was snow on the ground and you can walk on it. And there's actually some grip. It gives a little bit. Uh, it's not ice. It's just hard pack snow. And you get better grip on that than you do on ice, obviously. So, you know, if you know that you live in an area where during the day it will heat up enough to melt the driveway a bit, to melt the snow that's um, around the driveway, just even on the sides, and uh, bleed onto the driveway and then refreeze, um, then I would strongly encourage you. Tip. Don't necessarily take it all the way down. So and it has, has the extra to benefit do of, with when you you're out shopping. If you have a handicap placard, don't be embarrassed or afraid to use it in inclement weather. Um, you know, they, the stores and malls and shopping plazas want you to be safe. And I theorize that they actually put more ice melt and do a better job clearing ice patches and obstacles. They, they tend to attack the handicapped parking spaces first and more thoroughly. So if you were worried about slipping, if you're worried about ice or, or falling, or if it's very windy or whatever, and you need to go to the store, use those spaces. And there's no question that that your hypothesis is true. I mean, first of all, those spaces are closest to the building and people tend to start clearing from what's closest to the building because they're digging out from the, the storefront. Um, second of all, for liability reasons, I can tell you, I mean, they're going to be malls, much more generous owners, with the ice melt. They're very focused on those handicapped else. spaces and making sure they're clear. Um Yeah, no question. No question at all. And that brings us to our, our number two one. And actually, these are the only two that we didn't uh, alternate, Peggy. This was your idea. Um, so do you want to talk to about house. number two? So just keep a little box or bag by every door to your house. Because if you have pets and you're going to be going out the back door, or if there's a big snow drift and you get kind of snowed in your front door and you need to get out the side door, you want to make sure that you have that so you can throw out handfuls and at least – Try to make headway and get to where you need to get. So, and keep it in your car. Uh, I keep a little baggie of ice melt. Actually, when it starts getting cold, I fill it up. I keep it in the glove compartment. And that way, if I pull up to a store and it's questionable or if I have any doubt, I, I will th just throw it down, wait for a few minutes, and then start walking because I won't fall. I, I won't risk it. So I would rather have it with me and contribute to their ice melt, you know, work by using my own at a store than, than risk falling. Okay. I like the idea of having some in the car. I think that makes sense. It also, also can help when you're, uh, you know, you, you drive someplace and it snows during the day and you exactly. get snowed in a I bit. Exactly. I mean, if you're, if you, if you know, it starts you back snowing or sleeting when you're you even out, need to be able to just get into your own house. Um, and you come home, you've still got to get in your house. And it just, it gives you a little bit more of, more traction, a little bit more of a chance. Yep. 
Okay. And that brings us to our number one tip, and that is supplement your boots or sneakers, whatever it is that you wear, using either ice cleats or the, the brand you specifically mentioned, Peggy, was Yak Tracks. These are essentially uh, clip-on or add-on They're uh, awesome. They're snow treads awesome. for your shoes. They're kind of like chains for a car tire, but they're built for they're built for shoes. Um, I've never actually used them myself, but... I know from having looked at them and researched them that especially if you live in an area where there's lots of snow throughout the winter, it would make a ton of sense to wear this stuff. And looking online at the companies that do this, I mean, uh, a lot of them do it for uh, for the types of jobs that do require you to be outside in the winter where you're walking and you're on your feet and they're actually trying to minimize the chances that someone hurts themselves and becomes disabled while working. So there's all different brands out there. The Yak Tracks are cool because I think, Peggy, if they, I'm not mistaken, it's kind of like a bungee so cord easily. material that attaches. You pull them over the right shoes on, and then on the bottom. Bag, so then you can take them off when yeah. you go inside. I mean, they're perfect. I actually, I keep a pair in my car and I keep them in the house. I have a few sets because again, if I'm out shopping and it starts to get slick, I will, I'll just put them on from in the car and go into the house they're they're cheap they're not expensive um and they really really work so you can see we peggy and i differed a bit i focused mostly on safety you got you got to safety in the top few as well um you had a bunch of very practical and cool tips that relate to comfort in the winter which i for some reason ignored completely so I think between it's us, that's, fun, a, that's a nice right? group. Now, so you've got one final bonus tip that I know you feel pretty strongly about. If you've been an amputee about. or a person with limb loss for a long time, you have your stockpile of used prostheses. We've talked about it before. What do you do with them? This is a great time. When you have a lot of snow, it's a great time to pull them out. You know, they make great props for snowmen. They, you know, you can just stick them in snow forts and have little feet sticking out and again scare the neighbors a little bit but you can really have fun with your old prosthetics so get them out use them for the snowmen make a statement so that is uh, non-computerized components obviously <laughs> yes please don't take your your really high-end prosthetic devices and follow this advice this is designed for your your kickers the the stuff that you've it's old components you're not using them regularly or at all um if if for some, if you're not donating it and, and you just fun. have it in your in your closet then this would be a good use for them in the winter if you want to have some fun i will always remember when i was a little kid i i lived in a college town and um i will always remember it must have been shortly after I'd first seen The Wizard of Oz. And every year there was when there was snow, they had a big snow building contest. And one of the entries was under this dorm. Awesome. They just built giant snow feet sticking out of the bottom of the house. So uh, the dorm. Exactly. So exactly. this is this is a and more – this is, takes so, less time you and you won't get that as cold doing it. That is our winter survival guide. All right. Yeah. And as always, we welcome input. Sure um, we it's very possible we missed three or four or five great other tips that are out there. So 
Yeah. So as Peggy mentioned earlier, if you've got your own winter hacks for the limb loss community, please let us know what they are. You can email us at www. No, no, you can't email us at a www address. I'm losing my mind. You can email us at ampedpod at gmail.com. So you, you could have gone with it and we could have made that one work. Yes. I was I was gonna work with you on it though I really was. yeah but it didn't make it really didn't make the most sense especially since I said email all right uh, I'm just listen just accept the fact I'm an idiot <laughs> and said the wrong thing and I'm fine with it all I've, right so it's I not think the dumbest thing it. I've said trust me and I'll say many more absolutely it was fun have a great right, week Peggy. everyone well, thanks for your tips I appreciate it bye. All right, we'll talk to you soon. Bye.